Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to be sharing with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. So today it's me and I'm talking about disordered eating and friendships. Because I think friendships can be such an important part of eating disorder recovery. Having that support, having someone sharing in your experience, maybe sort of cheerleading you on, encouraging you, holding your hand in times of difficulty can make such a difference. And friendships, I think as well, can just be so rewarding and, you know, we can gain so much from them. And it can be such a motivator as well to kind of keep you going through recovery and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and being able to engage with your friends more and more as you're walking that journey towards better health. Now, I know myself that friendship has been something that's been such an important part all the way through my life. I'm thinking even more in the last few years when my children, well, a bit more than the last few years now, but when my children were babies and toddlers, I remember feeling really suffocated um, by the chaos and endless demands of domestic life. And it was such a relief to be able to turn to my closest friend who would like listen unconditionally to my woes on the phone and also share, share hers back as well. You know, feeling that we were both in the same boat and going through something was incredibly helpful. And she's been there before as well. You know, when we were finding ourselves traveling in Australia in our 20s and talking endlessly as we put our childhood demons behind us. And of course, we started to plan afresh. And at my wedding, you know, she was my supporter and cheerleader, injecting immense excitement and joy into this special day. You know, it's so lovely to be able to kind of share in that experience with someone who knew me so well. And prior to this, we'd met at university and we really supported each other then through the ups and downs of university life. And also we'd both had some issues with disordered eating. So that was really helpful too. So today, she remains a constant presence in my life. Although these days we do talk much less as geographically, it's just not possible to just pop in for a cup of tea. And that's aside from being in lockdown. But most importantly, I know she's there and I owe this friendship a great deal and my happiness and well-being quotient, quotient. I hope I don't ever take it for granted. But what if you're listening to this and you feel that you don't have close friends? Now, many people with disordered eating struggle greatly with friendships because eating disorders don't make friendships easy. There's so much isolation, withdrawing, avoiding social events where you would be kind of meeting new friends and new people. And there's so much shame and secrecy. And maybe as well being like locked in routines that stop you being able to kind of go out and meet people. And it's not just with eating disorders, is it? We know that we have an epidemic of loneliness in the UK, and it's certainly one of the most talked about issues in counselling, and a trigger for so many unhelpful escape strategies, including disordered eating. And on the one hand, although we've never felt so connected with others, with all our Zoom and iPhones and electronic devices, but the meaningful connections, they've seemed to have diminished more than ever with our ever busier lives. 
So loneliness can be so hard to bear, especially when you feel that maybe you shouldn't feel lonely because you're surrounded by people, but you're not feeling connected or understood by them. So it really is worth investing and building in friendships. And absolutely, relationships can be a huge motivator and integral part of eating disorder recovery because feeling supported and valued by the people who you love can really help propel you forward and kind of give you that light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm going to give you six tips here. So if you're feeling really lonely and isolated now, how can you begin to connect more with others? And so here are my tips. So number one, you really only need a few really good friends, okay? Now, I think there's, in my life, there's really kind of about two people that I can be really, really open and honest with. I've got lots of other friends who are probably, you know, still important, but the, friend, the friendships are not so deep. But even if we just have one or two people who we can turn to and be ourselves with, this is really worth, you know, thousands of followers on Instagram or social media. But to really kind of gain those friendships, we need to be a friend first. And I think, you know, so often when you're feeling really isolated, when you're feeling alone, the last thing you want to do is reach out to others. Um, it's really, you know, one can fall into the pattern of just really hoping that someone's going to reach out or notice you um, and pick up the phone. But you need to be a friend first. So if you're feeling lonely, scale down the time you're spending on social media, scrolling through feeds, and actually reach out and make some meaningful connections, you know, targeted at different people that maybe you want to know better, or that you would like to possibly, for them possibly to be your friend. And I know it's really hard as well in lockdown, Is we're so much more limited, but there are still options and maybe they've got to be online. But it's worth it, rather than scrolling, send a short message to someone that you'd like to get to know better. Um, you know, send a DM maybe on Instagram. Um, you can even send a little voice note. Be brave and reach out, because actually, for most of us, we really want more friends. And it's really nice when someone takes the time and effort to engage with us. And those little connections um, are really meaningful. And who knows, it could be the start of a real friendship. And if not, it's just a really nice interaction in your day. So that was number one. You only really need a few friends. A few good friends is, is what you need. Number two, embrace vulnerability. Now, many, many people are very scared of being vulnerable and trusting others. And often as well, perhaps for very good reason, because you might have received conditional messages growing up about the way you looked, your interests, or the way you behaved. And you may have even been bullied at school and understandably this might result in you carrying intense shame and also really questioning your likability. Therefore it may be so hard to trust others and then you tend to hide away and don't put yourself out in the world and then this obviously leaves you isolated and lonely. But the only way we can really connect closely with others is through our vulnerability. And you might need to take really baby steps towards doing this so you can start to build up trust and feel safe. But be brave and persevere in going out into the world. And it's so worth it because I think when we kind of are engaging on a more superficial with other, 
superficial level with others. You know, we tend to assume that things are all going well and other people have it all sorted, etc., etc. When we actually start to embrace our vulnerability and once we begin to talk a bit more about the things we struggle with, you know, usually what happens is someone will say, yeah, me too, you know, and I was in that situation. And then through our vulnerability, that's how we really form our deep friendships and how we get close to people. But obviously, if you're listening to this and you really struggle with vulnerability, you're going to have to take some baby steps and really build this up slowly so you can build trust. And I guess as well, it's really important that when we're vulnerable, we do it as well with the right people, the people that are encouraging and supportive and accepting of us. Um, Because that's obviously like a helpful thing to do, isn't it? We don't want to be kind of vulnerable with someone who's going to be really critical and judgmental or unkind. So that's number two, embrace your vulnerability. Number three, show persistence. So you might have to do a bit of searching to find your tribe, you know, because we all need people who get us, the ones who share our interests, passions and little quirks. And if you don't have people on your doorstep to connect with, you might have to expand your efforts and go further afield. And this is where the internet is really great, as we can connect with people the world over. And I think with this as well, don't be encouraged if your first attempts don't work out. See yourself as a curious adventurer who is collecting different experiences and trust that friendships will come along the way in time. So I think the whole lowering expectations thing here is really crucial because of as you're starting to reach out to people, um, you know, not everyone you reach out to is going to be your friend. Not everyone you reach out to is going to become your best friend. But if you can start to just sort of lower your expectations a little bit as well, um, then anyway, it puts less pressure on the friendships. And, you know, who knows, someone may become a really close best friend. Um, but if not, um, you're probably still going to gain something from this and get to know different people. So number three, show persistence. Number four, remember that most people are genuinely nice. Now, if you've had a difficult childhood, you may not have experienced the best qualities in human nature firsthand, and you'll understandably be anxious of rejection, and you might just expect more of the same. Now, of course, there is much hurt and anger in the world, but people are generally kind and like helping others. And many have had their own fair share of problems and experiences, and these could be really relatable. And if someone seems to have a perfect life with it all together, it's extremely unlikely this to be true. That it's true, you know. Rather, it's an effective mask. Um, I think as well. If I notice some a situation where everything seems to be a bit too perfect, I will automatically perhaps question that because of human beings aren't perfect. <laughs> um. The imperfections of human nature as well actually bind us together and they can be an immense source of support and encouragement. And I think as well, I mean, people really like it when you reach out to them and most people want more friends. So you've got to try and remember that because I think if you've had some difficult childhood experiences, you may, you know, just expect the worst. But actually, there's a lot of people out there that really want to get to know you and will, you know, could become your good friend. So that's number four, remember that most people are nice. Number five, don't take things personally. Now, don't take things too personally and avoid analysis paralysis. I can't speak very well, so on this podcast. So sometimes if a friend cancels, 
It's genuinely because they're too busy or they have their own struggles. So instead as well, rather than just automatically interpreting anything like that as an automatic rejection, instead actually recognize your own worth rather than assuming the worst case scenario that maybe you're unlikable, you're a terrible person. Obviously, if someone repeatedly lets you down, maybe this isn't someone you want to invest in a long-term friendship with. But as well, just realize in a way that I guess generally people are busy, people have stuff going on, and if they don't reply straight away, it's probably not a reflection on you. So try not to take it personally. And I think really something when I reflect on my own friendships, the friendships that have really stood the test of time and the friendships that are on a deeper level are with the people as well who are really invested in friendship and really value the friendship for the long term. And that does mean that there is effort on both sides because of you can't be the one person that's always making the effort because you're going to end up getting um, resentful and kind of weary of being the one that's always driving the friendship. So I can think of some people that I've met in my life before who were amazing friends at the time, but we our friendship hasn't um, sort of stood the test of time because um, maybe that other person, um, you know, just wasn't invested in keeping in touch in the same way. And, um, and that's okay as well sometimes because sometimes, you know, a friendship is for a season of life and, you know, you move on and things change. But I guess you know, if someone's really going to um, become a close friend, you're probably going to need that kind of reciprocation where you feel like it's a kind of balance of kind of give and take between you. But number five mainly is don't take things too personally. You know, if you contact a few people and not everyone replies, they're probably busy. They're probably doing other things. It's not about you. Okay. And number six, know your worth as a friend. So rather than focusing on your perceived lack or comparing yourself to others, look to the things you have to give in friendship. So maybe it's your sense of humour, your thoughtfulness, your enthusiasm, your taste in music, your love of tattoos, animals, whatever it might be. Each of us has much to bring and share in friendship. So it's so worth taking the risk for access to the joy and meaningful connection that friendship can bring. So number six, know your worth as a friend. You have much to bring as a friend, you know, and even if you don't recognize all your qualities yet, they are all there and friendship can really help shine a light on them. So I hope this has inspired you, if you've been feeling a bit lonely and isolated, to begin to reach out a bit more and to build and strengthen your friendships. So if you're not following me already, do seek me out on Instagram at The Eating Disorder Therapist. And for regular tips and blogs to your inbox, do sign up at rethinkyourbody.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon.